Hi, my angels. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. And it's a very special one because it's my first episode with a guest. And I'm recording in a exotic location. So it's an extra special episode. All around, please welcome to the pod, Tony Mont. Can I talk now? Yes. Oh, okay. Hello. My husband, my baby daddy, my roommate, my partner in crime, my biggest pain in my Benefactor. By the way, this is a clean podcast, so no R-rated language, please. Oh my God, that's going to be difficult. That's okay. We can edit stuff. Okay. Okay. So please give a warm welcome to Tony. Remember I asked if you could give me some questions and stuff ahead of time? And no, no, no. You said, <laughs> are you going to ask me questions? And I said, shh. Okay. So I'm going to introduce you how I see you. But we can get into all the different versions of you. But first and foremost, you're a papa. You're a husband. You're a baker. You're a chef. You're a DJ, you're a son, you're a brother, you're a business owner, you're a friend to all, to many. You're a Libra. There's the East Coast you, there's the West Coast you. You're a collector. What would you what would you say? A wino. A wino, <laughs> a loaf head, a breadhead. Also annoying. What person. is? No, 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 no. I'm an annoying person. No. It's not characteristics, character traits. It's versions of yourself. The different hats that you wear. definitely an annoying version of me. Okay, sure. So you agree. I mean, yeah, I would say all of those versions of you include the annoying version of you. Just joking. Um, anything I miss? Any big... Versions that I missed. Scientist. Please don't make extraneous noise. What happened? You're like, stomach's gurgling, you're touching stuff over there. I can't help it. Okay, well, for the sake of my loyal listening base, can you not? Anyway, did I miss any versions that you think are... Super I said scientist. Scientist. Yeah, why not? Biologist. Mm-hmm. Activist. Mm-hmm. Food. Food activist? Food activist. Mm-hmm. Food as medicine is definitely a mantra, right? Yeah, because what happens when the versions of yourself smash into each other? It creates new versions. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of the pod. Are you speaking this way? Can you speak closely? Yes. I'm Thank here. You. Everybody can hear me. Okay. Anyway, my first question for you, since I know you need some questions, what's your favorite version of yourself? Which version of you do you feel like is the most effortless and that is the one that's sort of like the one you're... I think the version... The version of myself that you said feels the most effortless. My default. Sure. Friend. Friend. Yeah. yeah. And mine is like being alone. 
Well, sure. Mine's solo. Is that my favorite know, version? There is like when you're thinking about like the friend version of yourself, right? Like that's not. It's not the withdrawn version of yourself. It's the the extroverted version of you. Outgoing, mm-hmm. welcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like maybe you amongst people. I don't know. I think I kind of like grasp that pretty early on. That like if you make people feel welcome, they're gonna be more accommodating in return like it's feels like it's a two-way street so Mm -hmm. even when I'm like unfortunately in positions with people who don't really deserve to be super nice (laughs) to I'm always going out of my way to make everyone feel accommodated and welcome so that only you know even if only that means I can get what I need from them as well Mm. But we don't really opportunist version. Well, we don't w. identify like we don't share that in common. Like if we're on an airplane and someone's getting in our on our nerves, it's my instinct to be like, they're having a hard day. How can I make them feel com- comfortable? How can I pleasant version of you? And you, it's your instinct to be like, forget this. And you know, it's one of those things where I just feel like that is my default personality type. How can I make everyone feel comfortable and happy and satisfied? You, I feel like this is one of the biggest difference between us is like you are kind of a consistent version of yourself all the time. And you don't really like overly identify with in the way that maybe like, for example, that I'm like, I'm a Virgo. You're not always like running around saying like, I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra. That's so Libra. It's because I'm a Libra. So it's like you, I think, do have a really secure sense of self mm. which is something i wanted to talk to you about because mm. one of the episodes i wanted to do for this was about building healthy confidence mm. and i think that you could be really good at giving advice on that and also like how that goes in hand in hand with being able to execute your visions i suppose but you know i feel the imposter syndrome as much as anyone else sometimes do you? in terms of what go ahead i would love your input on that go ahead I mean, it's sometimes it's always you're always wor- you're always worried about being perceived, right? Like as you create, as you participate in the think space, as you you know navigate trying to be in the professional world, it's like you fear somebody can see the seams, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I look back on work I've done and I'm like, wow, this felt that felt super amateur and then you speak to someone who's like you're, you know, oh, that and I'm sure the same goes for you. That work was seminal for me. That was legendary. Like the, it can mm-hmm. be both things at the same time. Like it can feel amateur to you, but also feel like the big leagues to someone Mm-hmm. less far along so I feel like I don't know sometimes I do get that I I had that realization that like there might be a time in the future where I look back on what I'm doing now and feel like it's not as legit as I might think it is in the moment past. isn't that kind of imposter syndrome mm, you're, I think you're talking a lot about like past versions of you like looking at them in hindsight but which yeah I mean I would say more imposter syndrome is more about not feeling worthy to be where you are which i feel like you don't really struggle with that that much but you say you you do well yeah because like 
there's always going to be a more qualified person doing what I'm doing. Sure. Who deserves recognition more than I do. Sure. And that is like a huge thing with imposter syndrome is like sometimes the more accolades you receive and the more successful you are, the worse it gets because now you're you know colleagues or whatever are just getting more and more impressive and you're like having to further keep up this you know yeah plus shtick that you're worthy well, of being I there. think that like it when you get close enough to any level of success like everyone is kind of fake st- still kind of faking it you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of something that maybe is reassuring to me Having met people who are super established and met work with people who are super established mm-hmm. and realizing that they don't totally have it together either. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It feels like maybe um, that's important to, to mention when it comes to like feeling confident and secure has more to do to me with realizing that like I have just as much of a right to participate than anyone does and so at least when it comes to food and whatever I'm like working on or music that it's like you know that kind of comes up in that way I should mention I mean I feel like a lot of people who listen to this do know me personally but my husband Tony owns a very successful restaurant (laughs) um and works as a baker full-time in a restaurant that they are very hands-on in. But what's a successful restaurant? I mean, financially, it's just, it's a new restaurant. So, like, success we'll, we'll is say, literally we'll say, in this situation, like, in the eye of the beholder. We'll say a very popular restaurant. How about we say that? Sure. And has worked in food primarily is the main thing that you've been, you know, using for a career. Catering. But you've done a ton of different versions of food. We could talk about that. All the different versions of like, you are really good. Something else I want to talk about was like skills and Skillshare because I know that you're really interested in like teaching too. Oh, my B-reel just went off. Oh, this would be such a good moment. Hold on. I'm going to do it. Okay, we're back. Anyway, we were talking about teaching others and developing skills and Skillshare and being able to apply all these different skills into different versions of you. And that can be different careers, different ways to make money, which is something I personally do struggle with very much. (laughs) And you've been able to keep your one consistent talent, which is food and cooking for people, You've applied that to like catering on movie sets and catering for weddings and working in a restaurant and opening your own restaurant, opening a bar slash coffee shop. Like it's all different versions and appears different, but it's all the same skill, the same through line. That's interesting. Like talk about that. Well, I feel like my main skill with when it comes to food business and food Existing in food has more to do with people. I mean, Mm. managing people, Mm. producing certain projects. It all kind of boils down to, like, how well can you get people to work together on something together, you know, on one project. and Which is easy because you naturally identify as such an extrovert. Like that's... No, no, it kind of even before that, like, dials back to that, like, 
that friend that like that's what i'm saying yeah that like version of me that is like of all the other stuff aside super personable well all the other stuff aside like we have a personal throughway a connection something that keeps us interested in each other's lives and and invested in each other's lives and i mean that's not just that's not just pertaining to restaurants and restaurant work but i think in general like working with other people and like part of what being a manager like boils down to is like how well can you get people to work together mm-hmm. and also how well can you get people to respect you and i feel like if you're naturally like kind of a people pleaser but not in a bad way but in more of like a you're just super pleasant to be around so people want to be in your company like that has a lot to do with why I think you're respected as someone who's in charge in a position of authority because I feel like it's really hard to be friends with your yeah, because I think I would say that you're friends with your employees and you're friends with all your coworkers and you're friends with all of your co-owners, your colleagues, your business partners. Like, that's not necessarily... That's not authority. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, when you... You can be feared or you can be respected, right? Right. But that, that doesn't mean that you're not in a position of authority if you're respected. You're still in charge. Yeah, I guess what I mean to say by that is, like, I don't... I like I don't like it to be like a negative reinforcement. I like for it to be a positive reinforcement. Right, know? but that's a skill, is what I'm saying. Like because 100%. I because I think most maybe my people, main skill. Right, and I think that's why that goes so hand in hand in like your consistency and always being yourself, which is maybe sometimes harder to swallow for other people. Because I think I'm really good at maybe the opposite, which is like masking my personality around everyone. And then that's why I like being alone because so I can be yourself. Yes, yeah, and but I, you see, like we don't, yeah, we don't see eye to eye because I feel like I am my true self. It, in the life of a party with though. strangers, right. with family, with right. I don't feel, and maybe that does have a lot to I do mean, with they, like. Go ahead. The patriarchy and how, you know, certain types of people have certain types of privilege in society to like be able to express their their true selves and feel less pressure and all these other like kind of factors that kind of keep different personality types like in the majority totally does that make sense yes totally so i do want to like own a little bit of privilege there where it's like yeah i've been in many rooms that have allowed me to like be that person instead of like been in rooms that have like beat that side of me out of me in terms of like wanting to be feeling accepted it's very poignant. But, you know, like, you... This whole thing kind of boils down to the fact that, like, can... What? Can you merge all those versions I of refer, yourself? I refer to it as, in my notes, balancing all the versions of yourself. Yeah. Balancing. So I do mean, you want to wax po- poetic on that? Well, I just mean, like, it doesn't... Every, everyone's true self right, is going to be have a different imprint. You know, so like, but when you're not around other people, when you're alone, truly alone, uh-huh. which, to be honest, does not happen a lot, Mm-mm. you feel a noticeable shift? Not or no? really. Really? No. No, because I'm always... That's like... mind-blowing <laughs> If I'm to alone, me. I'm always like trying to be... Social. Texting, yeah. calling, emailing. Catching up with people. Yeah. 
letting people know I I'm mean, here for them. And... I'm no therapist, but yeah. No, but we you... can move on from that. No, you go, I mean, talk. Well, also, say, but... well, something else I wanted to talk about was like self trust and self love. And I feel like for me, those are huge hurdles. And for you, maybe it's less so. And maybe that's like a little bit. I'd love to like sort of try to like boil down to like what you're doing differently. So I don't know if that's going to happen something. though. Like, I don't think it's like there's a formula. I think. Well, but wouldn't you say that you have like a pretty strong sense of self trust and self love? I mean, compared to who? Not, no comparison. Just do you like you don't identify like that? I mean, harder to talk about. No, I mean I definitely love myself and trust myself. Mm-hmm. Consistently. Yeah. And that doesn't change when you're like different versions of yourself with different people and. Not really. Yeah, it interesting. Feel like it yeah, does. see, I think it is hugely relevant because I feel like for me, it, it's those are arguably two of my biggest weaknesses is no, like lacking those but you're just like highlighting the fact that like we do there is a spectrum in like how we perceive ourselves and feel about ourselves well and... i'm also like coming at it in like terms of like i'd love some advice on it i'd love i'd love some insight and some tips like how have you been able to flex those muscles or build those because it's not like i'm saying that that's easy to have a strong sense of self-love or it's obviously very challenging for most people. I think arguably in our modern society, it's like something that is plaguing everyone, especially like comparing if you're in the comparison game, like comparing to people online, comparing to people in different countries. Like we well, didn't used to do that. Don't get me wrong. You know, I beat myself up over not being as successful as this person or as beautiful as this person or, you know, it's like those feel very typical like Mm -hmm. those feelings and i don't want to like say like i don't feel those feelings sure inadequacy and and even you you said the imposter syndrome is something that like you have felt just being like not having a ton of monies all the time and like there's all these things where i'm like wow like life would be easier if i was had been born into different circumstances or life would be easier if i had taken advantage of this thing that happened instead of Mm -hmm. doing what i was doing then or you know it's like those, I feel like, yeah, I like to, like, always clarify that, like, life is hard for everyone. Sure. <laughs> everyone. Like, totally. Life is hard. Totally. To, to be hard to be alive. So, I, you know, although, like, we all have different struggles and some things come easy to some of us and some things come really difficult to some of us, you know, for example, I, if this was a podcast about songwriting, I would be talking about how inadequate I feel compared to your skill level and mm-hmm. your things that you've accomplished and mm-hmm. the things that come naturally to you. And, and it would be a totally different dynamic about the conversation because we're talking about something that you're maybe have a different skill level in mm-hmm. than me. And, and I guess that's what you're trying to say about this, where it's like, Oh, like these things I really struggle with. It feels like you don't struggle with it as much as I do. And because of like this sets of circumstances or how you feel about X, Y, or Z, you know, it's like, yeah, then maybe that is true. And I have like, practiced certain things mm-hmm. in enough Any, ways and anything got, tangible that you can glean yeah i mean yeah any books any podcasts anything you want to shout out okay number one thing and i don't roll your eyes at me is like psychedelics okay that's not i'm it not rolling my eyes is huge it's always been huge for me to be 
pushing the boundaries of my metaphysical understanding. Uh huh. Which helps... is which is what like the exploratory you, the curious you. Yeah, and also the the insignificant me, like mm. feeling like I'm just another like spore floating off of a hyphae. Like in... this is insane. What? I'm pausing. I just got this book out yesterday from the library and I feel like I read it earlier, just this page, and was thinking, this is so me and you. I'm going to read it. It's from a book called Pure Color by Sheila Hetty. So it's talking about the creation of the world. Ready to go at creation a second time, hoping to get it more right this time. God appears, splits, and manifests as three critics in the sky. A large bird who critiques from above, a large fish who critiques from the middle, and a large bear who critiques while cradling creation in its arms. People born from the bird egg are interested in beauty, order, harmony, and meaning. They look at nature from on high in an abstracted way, and consider the world as if from a distance. These people are like birds soaring, flighty, fragile, and strong, which is me. <laughs> people born from a fish egg. <laughs> Why is it so funny to me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is us not even smoking the joint that I wanted to. Okay. People born from a fish egg appear in a flotation of jelly, and this jelly contains hundreds of thousands of eggs, where the most important thing is not any individual egg, but the condition of the many. For the fish, it's less any one individual egg that concerns them than the eggs are laid in the best conditions, where the temperature is most right and the current most gentle, so the majority might survive. For a fish, it's the collective conditions that count. A person hatched from a fish egg is concerned with fairness and justice here on Earth, on humanity getting the temperature right for the many. One thousand eggs are the concern of a fish, whereas the person hatched from the egg of a bear clutches one special person close, as close as they possibly can. And then it goes on about the, the bear. What but... does this have to do with what I was saying? <laughs> it's literally... What? It's saying that there's people who are interested in beauty, order, harmony, and meaning. Those are like introverts, introspective. They like want to like know the larger meaning and picture, and they're like constantly looking for it. And, like, and then the second one, the fish egg, is like only more concerned about like the collective, the collective condition. It's more about like it's like how you're like concerned about com like like feeding the community. Like you care a lot about the people around you, your friends. Yeah, people. yeah. What yeah. is it? it's the just the fairness and justice for those here on earth, and that I think is <laughs> Tony's done with the book. That I think is like the the crux of it or whatever. Like I think that I'm so in my head all day in this like crazy rich inner world where I'm so focused on all this like unseen whereas you're so concerned with those around you keeping them happy and pleasant because it nourishes you it's just like such a different approach to life and 
it's got to be something just like, yeah, we're wired super different. And I mean, that's like, I think opposites attract. I think it's not that crazy that we're super different. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's totally something parallel. That's that's one. Psychedelics. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. It's fine. But, you know, yeah. Why? Because it also helps you to like, be outside of and just, the like day to day you just understand that like it's not about it's not all about me mm-hmm. it's, if there's anything it psychedelics can do mm-hmm. it's like convince you that it's not about you okay so a psychedelic you okay anything else yeah i think experiencing profound loss mm. has really impacted and shaped my point of view mm-hmm. and how i don't want to have a bad day and that kind of helps it keep in perspective to like stay the happy version of imagine you. i had a bad day and then that was my last day mm-hmm. what, what a terrible way to go out i mean i think that that just maybe having experienced these things has just put me into the mindset that i don't know i always just want to contribute to the overwhelmed goodness of things and i you know again a lot of it has to do with how certain types of people get brought up in society and have the privilege of being able to see life as a gift and every day as something positive. And mm-hmm. I d- definitely understand that there are many people out there who don't wake up with that point of view and deserve, to, don't have to. Mm-hmm. They deserve to have the point of view they have and everyone's point of view is valid, but just always thinking about being the one thing that goes right in the day for everyone but that does backfire sometimes i mean like you've experienced it firsthand it's not always like a super productive place to come from Mm -hmm. but you're i think what you're also saying is like you don't allow your situations to dictate which version of you you're going to inhabit you're just sort of saying the version of you is more consistent and you're not you're not so caught up on all these little hats and it's funny because that's like my entire (laughs) podcast and personality but but maybe it's maybe it's can be detrimental and maybe I need to sort of just embrace me as like a social person more because obviously you identifying as like the friend version is a skill and an asset and ephemeral being, you know, like mm. a one and done type situation. It's mm-hmm. like, there's never going to be another you. The ephemeral version. In this time, saying the things you're saying, having the point of view you're having. It's like there's something magical about that. It totally. Feels, feels like worth being under the spell of wonderment at any given moment if only so you can be a positive and more you know transformative version of yourself Mm. that is constantly growing constantly changing constantly discovering new things about it itself and don't you have a tattoo about that do i yeah like change machine don't you like a lyric what's the lyric i don't know you don't know no I don't. oh my god that's embarrassing 
Anyway, I mean, that was something else I was going to try to... We, we can start wrapping it up. But Segway? No, I was going to say, like, we should probably keep this fairly short because... Did we even mention where we are or anything? No. Mm-hmm. We are in Joshua Tree, California. We're in Flamingo Heights. We're in Flamingo Heights. People don't really know that as well, though. Yeah, people know. We're in the desert. We're in a beautiful house. Our daughter is asleep in the next room, so we are sort of on borrowed time. And we just came here for a little getaway to sort of reset, recharge. r Connect back to the core versions of ourselves. And, yeah, just have like a little bit of a holiday reset reset and which is cool to be in a different location recording does feel a lot different it feels like there's like a noticeable change in the energy of the pod so hopefully that's coming through but anyway I don't want it to be a super long episode and I would also love to have you back on the pod so uh what I wanted to talk about was Evolving alongside your partner Mm. and like all the different past versions and future versions and Mm. present versions, like how do you get that to align with someone else 24-7, 365? Or, I mean, even to build on that, how do you have... Oh my gosh, that's our dog in the background. How do you have... How do you make new versions with, with someone? How do you... Ooh, embracing new versions. Like intertwined versions and... Right. That's like a big part of like... That could maybe be its own episode, but... I just mean having an identity that is like, oh, if my identity is husband or partner or whatever, then like how do you... Maintain that? Well, how do you carry that with you every day Mm -hmm. and like incorporate that into your own sense of identity and something i talk about a lot on the podcast is motherhood so i would love your perspective as the papa the papahood the fatherhood well, but also, you know, the you daddyhood really admit that you really struggled with motherhood as a huge identity shift a title as a huge like lifestyle new, new version of me mm-hmm. you don't always want to it's like it's like a band that has you know like a annoying fan base like you don't want to mm-hmm. identify mm-hmm. with this title because so many people you know who also use that title are like insufferable so like, and it just like has like a weird like stereotype of like being kind of cringe which is they not just cringe but something you don't enjoy like overt like there's mm-hmm. a there's a you well it to, feels like maybe like a reductive version or you don't know the mother you don't know a version of motherhood that isn't annoying to you, and so you have to build that. And so it's like this unknown, like mm. in this unknown hurdle that you're like dealing with all the time. And, and yeah, because that's how I feel about business too, where mm-hmm. it's like existing in capitalism or whatever. It's like there is so much of that that I struggle with and that I don't want to identify with because there's so many people who are in business or in food business or in restaurants that are constantly doing unethical and exploitative things that like I don't identify with I don't want to incorporate into my practice and I don't want to take with me what as I adopt like the role of small business owner or whatever capitalist you know and so Mm -hmm. as that even applies to parenthood it's like 
yeah, if you don't have a really super amazing example of your own parents, like, killing it in all these different ways, and, like, taking on those, taking on that identity also, like, means taking on things you don't like and don't want and don't want to be a part of. And so I think that, like, that, like, beyond a balance, but, like, the complexity that is, like, you well, know. there's the, it's like the preconceptions of what it means to be a good mom or a good business owner or a good father or whatever, good friend, whatever, can sort of get in the way of what comes naturally because a lot of people think there's only one version of a good mother or like there's only one version of motherhood. And especially online these days, it's very like romanticized when it's in reality. Oh, it's so easy to fake. It's so right. easy to fake, like even with business. Like, right. So many people who are like killing in small business and are winning awards or this and that, and you talk to people who work with them or work for them, and it's like they have nothing good to say. It's like all just a total farce and just for the internet or just totally so that they can get a book deal or, you know, then you just realize that like you. And do you think those people are going in and out of, like, the authentic versions of themselves? It doesn't matter, right? Like, because, like, what's being presented is, like, most of that what persists. So, like, if you're, like, oh, I just want a true thing that's true to me and not, and I don't care if it's true to anyone else because, like, this is, like, what I will judge myself by, then, like, it may never make it to the version of itself that is, like, good at showing off to other people how good it is. Like, it's, like, cool to understand and sit with the idea that like you may only be able to handle being good and knowing you're good and doing it the right way and never make it to the point where you're good at explaining that and demonstrating that to all these other people Mm -hmm. and being able to like point to it to other people and say this is why I'm good at this this is how I'm good at this and it's going to be up to everyone else to just merely have to observe you being good at it to like understand your role in it and so like there is this level of identity and identifying in certain ways that like shouldn't have to be super demonstrative to other people mm-hmm. can just sit you can sit with and feel comfortable with and feel like you know and that's all that matters mm-hmm. i think also what you're trying to get at is like there is some danger in over-identifying as some or of these things. Or just insisting that people recognize you a certain way. Right, right. Like, that, the, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, Some people are so good at that part. So good at that part at showing other people right, how good they are. Right, But when it comes down to the real thing... Like, the external version of them isn't quite aligning with the the real version yeah, of them. That's what I'm saying. social grooming has been changed so much right. from social that's media. What I'm, well, that's that, what like, I'm saying. Like, that inauthenticity, which is something I think a lot of my friends have said this to me and I think like my my best friend always says this to me like you have a hard time being inauthentic online and that's why you struggle with it whereas some people are like happy to take the hundred bucks and pose with the product or whatever beyond the money just like they don't mind it doesn't feel like an L to them to be presenting some other version right it feels like just something they have to do to prove to themselves that they are this other version of like a successful web entrepreneur mm-hmm. and that might feel good to them to do that mm-hmm. slip into that and do something that you would feel like is abhorrent or something you would never do right because like 
Well, yeah, also, I think it, it's it's a lot more difficult for me to slip into these versions is what I'm I'm starting to realize. Like, I'm really good at one version at a time. I'm also, like, way better at, like, one-on-one hangs as opposed to a group setting, which I think has a lot to do with, like, I can more control the version of me that I'm, you know, inhabiting when it's, like, only one person around versus when there's a group, then I start trying to be all these different versions of me depending on who I'm in conversation with and that gets like very overwhelming and confusing and yeah it's just interesting to me that some people really struggle with this and some people don't I think you don't really struggle with slipping into the versions of you because I've seen I've witnessed it when you're out at work and like we come by it's not like you're like dropping everything and like coming over the table and like entering father mode or something but you're also really good at still balancing the customers while we're there and still coming over and bringing us orange juice and a a fresh baguette it's yeah it's it's just funny to see how we all have our own weird but nothing comes natural i mean you really do have to like acknowledge the fact that like there's always going to be this level of discipline mm-hmm. and practice that goes into like refining any v- specific version of you and like maybe that's something that like i learned how to get good at early on which is like and maybe that's from go- someone from something do you have a mentor in that kind of Certainly, well, but mostly by behavior, not like, mm-hmm. oh, I read this person's book and they taught me how to like be. It's like, mm-hmm. it was always way more observation based, you know, and like wanting to, sorry, wanting to be like certain people that had mm-hmm. certain attributes that I was really, you know, like feeling like I wanted to embody. Mm-hmm. But also, I think there's the idea that needing to prove something mm-hmm. is like where the ego lies and that's where the whole like you you won't do well if you're trying to and yeah and i learned way long ago many years ago that like oh being cool means you don't say it's cool like you just is you know mm-hmm. you don't say like oh i'm doing this because this is cool it's mm-hmm. like you just do it because that's what you want to do and people from the outside are the ones that are like that's cool. It's like, mm-hmm. it's this like weird evasive thing that you like have to just have security, like sense of security in. and like, mm-hmm. Which is like sense of self and which is what I said, like you do have a strong sense of self-love and self-trust, which gives you a, like self-confidence, a good... self-esteem, sure. self-whatever. Yeah. These are yeah. all the same words. Yeah. 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 And it ties into that for sure. Yeah. So interesting. I love it. I feel like that's a pretty... Natural end to the combo. Anything? Nothing left. Yeah, I mean, I when you were just talking about like cool people or being cool or whatever, it did sort of make me think about something that you always say to me when I'm struggling. You're like, you're the only one who doesn't know that you're cool, and for me, cool people thinking I'm cool, it like doesn't affirm. Doesn't do it for you. No, and Who I does? like like a true fan or a person that just is like like what you said earlier. Like 
this made me feel seen and like, you know. (laughs) No, don't pause it. Those awkward silences are good. You're like working stuff out. I didn't pause it. I didn't pause it. Yes, leave it. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. No, don't leave it. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, the idea that someone who isn't concerned with anything other than just delivering you the message that whatever was seminal to them or the your past work that you felt amateur, it's like I don't really trust anyone who's in a position to tell me that the art I made or the podcast I made or the music I made or whatever – resonated with them unless it it feels like very authentic and very genuine like a person I don't know saying that they like it feels a lot more genuine to me than someone I know it's just I don't know it's just something I struggle with but yeah I don't know I think that there was something there with like the cooler that you're concerned with being the less genuine you're being and when you're trying to be a version of yourself, it's obviously coming off as Yeah, when you're phony. just in it, like, that's when it comes across as, like, true and real and, like, special. Yeah. And, like, the more... It's, like, an oxymoron or whatever. It's like, a paradox. Like, what, you want to try, but you also want to completely, like, do it naturally. So... Like, what I'm referring to for me is, like, self-doubt. And what I feel like... Whereas you have the self-trust, I have the self-doubt a lot of times. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it better, but the idea of, like, you're the only one who doesn't realize you're cool, it's like, I don't know. The less you are concerned with crafting this perfect version of yourself, the better is, is maybe the point, the takeaway. But I don't know. Anyway. What does that say about this pod? I feel like it's just explorative, exploratory to talk about this kind of stuff. I'm totally not, not I'm not think... ever saying that I like over identifying. And in fact, this conversation has been a little eye opening in that maybe me saying I am this, I am this, I am this is sort of setting myself up for a little bit of, you know, either like disappointment or unrealistic expectations which is sort of goes in hand in hand with the imposter syndrome like oh if I'm a mom and moms look like this or if I'm a songwriter and songwriters look like this it's like maybe yeah, then you are setting yourself up to be right. disappointed when you don't have that like you don't live up to your own expectations right. of what that person needs to look like right and I think for if if one of the themes of this episode was like that building healthy confidence I feel like you're just sort of saying like you don't even really engage in that sort of thinking often no yeah interesting no because i know i've been through it yeah i know that like nobody's got experience more validating than mine Mm -hmm. but like that comes from experience Mm -hmm. that comes from me rubbing elbows with people from all sorts of backgrounds and Mm -hmm. all have all sorts of different titles and also i think like being having pierced the veil like that was some big part of like i wanted to mention about psychedelics where it's like Mm. the veil is pierced you know you see how trivial 
every day you know dealings are mm. and once that veil is pierced it's really hard to kind of like consider like someone's job title as like a status symbol or mm-hmm. someone's like bank account number as like a status symbol or someone's you know it's like because you do know how like random and circumstantial mm. and situational it all situational is. it yeah. really all is and yeah. like you know that should help you help all of us realize that like nobody's getting in the way of us being who we want to be except us yeah like frees us from the confines of thinking that there's only one way to be a certain version of a thing yeah yeah and I, i mean i think like the name of the pod the many versions it's like yeah not, one version isn't better than the other when i say like what's your favorite version like it's like a little bit in jest where i mean me saying like my solo version it's like funny because that only exists in my bedroom kind of you know but yeah that's like weird a weird like but that's thing. right but also if you think about it like that's when i do all of my creative work that's no, when i write Van all Gogh of my songs and, and you only paint well when you're alone it's right like, and that is the only version of and like that that's matters. when i have all of my yeah inspiration it really <laughs> yeah. hits me when i'm alone so it's like as much as you want to discredit that that version of yourself because it only exists when you're alone it's like might be the key to your creative freedom right or whatever Anyway, y'all, this has been another episode of The Many Versions of You coming at you, not live, but from the desert of California with my... Lightly edited. What? I mean... Well, it's not coming out live. Like, it's not live streamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it will be out tomorrow morning, Friday morning. So happy Friday if you're listening or whenever you're listening. And I want to say thank you to my guest, Tony. I love you. Love you, too. Tony's ready for this to be over. Okay, ciao, angels. Ciao, ciao.